Welcome to What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as WHAT, from Portland State University's Center for Student Health and Counseling. We are located in the old tutoring center suite on the third floor of the University Center building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for our non-traditional campus. My name is Grace, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Whitney, and my pronouns are she, her. We are all members of the Wellness and Health Action Team, and we'll be the hosts of this podcast. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back, everybody. Welcome to a new term and a new year. I'm excited to introduce Whitney as our new co-host today. Hello, Whitney. Hi, Grace. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, I'm stoked to have you. Um, Today, we're going to talk about deconstructing professionalism, but I kind of just want to, I kind of want to go backwards and just kind of chit chat about our breaks and I don't know, I, I do like a little reintroduction of Whitney and stuff. So Whitney, if you want to just talk about what you're looking forward to this term, how your break was, and um, maybe you could talk a little bit about how professionalism has impacted your experience in the workplace. Also, so excited that you're here. I know I already said that, but I'm just so stoked. I love you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I am very excited to be here. I'll start with break. So my break was exactly how I wanted it to be. I had the tea. I woke up late. I really enjoyed myself. Um, I really wanted to take the time to just relax. And that's what I did. Um, I, yeah, that's what I did. I didn't do much. Did you listen to Taylor Swift? Christmas. Of course I did. Of course. That was my playlist the entire time, time. of break and Only still Swift. today. I mean, obviously. Right. Swifty. <laughs> um, so funny and totally random. I did get into since I had I was basically at home all break. I started watching like food competition shows on <gasps> Netflix. Okay. And Which that one? has just been so fun. And it's really been inspiring me to like get in the kitchen more. <laughs> yes, Whitney. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am not a cook. But there is this one episode where or the show where basically the whole premise of it is they take leftovers and they try to like zhuzh it up. I don't even know. They really just like try to take leftovers and make it into an entirely different meal. So they could have like Italian food and then they have to make it into like a Chinese food meal. And it's like, how do you even do that? Like those flavors are so different. Um, How was your break? What did you do? My break was good. I spent a lot of time at home with family, um, which was good. I, I don't know. I feel like it, because it's my last year of undergrad, I kind of the whole time I was stressed, I was like, oh my God, this is the last like genuine winter break I'm ever going to have. And so it was just like, but I wasn't being proactive about like enjoying it either. I mean, like I was enjoying it obviously, but I feel like I wasn't fully like tasting it maybe like to segue back into your cooking show binge. Um, but yeah, it was good. And then I had a little trip. I went down to like Tahoe and stayed with a friend at his cabin, which was really good. Um, and I'd never been to Lake Tahoe in the winter. So I'd never really seen that much snow either. Like I grew up in the Rogue Valley. And so me and my family would drive out to the mountains to see snow, but like I'd never really 
trudged through snow or I haven't in like the past few years. So it was nice to get back into my snow pants and goof around in the snow for a bit. Um, (laughs) And then, yeah, I just had a relaxing time at home and then I hung out with my dog. Um, He's crazy as always and forever. So yeah, I had a good break, but I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad that we can kind of talk about professionalism because I feel like our work is not very like as student workers we're not really in a professional environment I mean we are and there are times when we're presenting or doing workshops where we are really professional but I feel like our general work environment is super laid back like I remember during training week when Taylor was like if you want to come in like no makeup slick back bun and sweatpants like do that like free your mind like live your truth like that type of stuff um so there's really no I've never been in like a genuine professional environment and as a lot of us haven't because we're all undergrad I don't know I feel like I'm interested in seeing how if when I graduate and go into more of a professional environment what my experience in this job will look like in comparison to a more businessy type of job right and I think we're super fortunate to say that we haven't been in an environment that's been super strict on being professional and whatever that really means and we'll go into it and we'll talk about it um but I think I said it in the last episode before break was that I'm a grad student going into higher education um and I really think that that going into that field is also going to be really interesting to take a look at what does professional look like in this field and in higher education. And I hope that we are working towards like breaking down professionalism. And I will let Grace sort of start to talk about what professionalism is and what we mean by professionalism. Yeah, totally. And also just like making the transition back from winter break to this environment is not like, it's not like I'm putting on business casual like I'm fully wearing sweats like I don't care um, yeah I'm so, in leggings <laughs> and like a sweater yeah. you're just like cozy girl winter like honestly like you're so cozy girl core <laughs> um okay yeah so we're gonna just kind of break down what professionalism is obviously this this episode's not gonna be like a great example of what a professional environment looks like but um professionalism is also just like at its root, very heavily defined by patriarchal culture and white supremacy. It's like very heavily influenced by systemic and institutionalized centering of whiteness. Um, So white supremacy in this context is more like the use of pseudoscience concepts of race to create whiteness and a hierarchy of racialized value in order to disconnect and divide white people from black, indigenous, and people of color. Um, So I feel like when we talk about professionalism, a lot of the time people talk about like hair, especially like more curl patterned hairs are not considered professional, like straight hair, like white hair is very much more just the professional. So that's like a lot of white supremacy as well. Um, And like you said, Whitney, like this culture of professionalism is very apparent in higher education and workplaces and it's perpetuated by media culture and tv shows books and like where the majority of these professional features are western men who are competent leaders and the standard for normalcy so when people think of like a true business professional it's like a white man in a suit yeah for sure 
And some of the characteristics of professional culture can really encompass class oppression, gender oppression, heterosexism, ableism, and Christian dominance. Um, and this really privileges and prioritizes whiteness and discriminates against people who are not white in professional culture. Um, and like Grace was saying, like a lot of that is with hairstyle and a lot of it can be with dress like she was saying about men who wear suits and women who have to be wearing suits and can't wear ripped jeans or like I don't know skirts that I don't know are too short when they're really just a skirt right yeah um their work style like how they work and even their speech and the speech is really what gets me personally um because I'm from Hawaii and a lot of the time, like people from Hawaii speak pidgin and it's an actual like language in Hawaii. And so I don't like when people who are from Hawaii who have to change how they speak just because they're in Oregon or they're on the mainland and it's different than how they speak at home. Like I really, it goes to code switching, which could be an entirely different episode and it might be we'll see but um it really just speaks onto code switching and how people have to change how they speak how they dress in work environments um and it really affects people of color and it makes people from different backgrounds really feel excluded in the work in the workplace um and it makes people feel that they don't fit in or they feel small Um, And it really prevents them from reaching their full potential and they could miss opportunities because they're so focused on doing the best they can and proving that they are deserving to be there. Totally, totally. Um, And so we've already kind of touched on this, but I want to just kind of start on how this professionalism, like toxic professionalism, professionalism is presented in the workplace in academic settings. So um, it starts off kind of like in microaggressions and discriminatory hiring and admitting processes, uh, like stereotypes and prejudices against students or individuals. So um, thinking that someone is less professional because of the way that they dressed or how they talk during the interview process. Like um, I've seen a lot of videos on like Instagram and a lot of like uh, stuff, things on Twitter where it's like the 90 day period of the hiring process, like you act super professional. And then once you're like fully like cemented into your contract, then people start kind of being more easy on the way that they present themselves in professional environments. But it like sucks that they even have to do that in the first place. Like, why can't you just be that sounds cheesy to be like, why can't you just be yourself? Because there's like so many layers to it. Um, but it is like a total um, implicit bias toward people of color and um, people who aren't deemed as like professional in the interviewing process. And so in turn, that creates those automatic and unconscious associations that people make based on these stereotypes that um kind of contributes to like an almost like psychological process of underlying professionalism. Like the, I I feel like this in my mind too, like I'm always kind of carrying around this like psychological professionalism, like that's so deeply ingrained in me, even though I've not really been in an environment that's super professional. I think it's just like through media and what is expected of people our age as well. Um, And historically there are overwhelming studies indicating institutions have 
uh, pro-white preferences when uh, hiring in more professional business-like environments and in higher ed as well. Um, and this connects to the professional tendency to privilege whiteness over um, and other like white cultural norms. Do you have anything you'd like to add, Whitney? Yeah, it was really, sorry, it was really interesting how you were talking about, um, it's kind of ingrained in us of what this professional or what a professional should look like. And it was even ingrained in me, like growing up and seeing my parents like go to work and how they would dress and how they would need to present themselves. And one thing that came to mind when you were talking is like, tattoos and like I don't know I just I love tattoos but like oh you can't have a tattoo and be professional and be a professional being but like in reality if you're in my opinion like if you're good at your job the tattoo is not preventing you from doing that job like that's yeah, what I, mean, I don't I'm gonna <laughs> come in and be like I can't do the hut anymore because I have a tattoo or right. like something like that like it's not And I think like the conversation around like dress code and tattoos and like even hair color and um, hairstyles, like we're trained on that type of stuff from a young age. We're trained in professionalism and it's ingrained into our minds through school dress codes as well, Um, especially for women like covering up and being modest is like the biggest thing with school dress codes. And I know that like some I had friends who went to private schools and they like couldn't dye their hair in unnatural color, um, which is another like professionalism thing. I don't know. I feel like we're trained from the very moment we start school to be presenting in a way that like we hope people would take us seriously instead of just, it's like so much just, it's so shallow. It's so like surface level stuff that people won't take you seriously because you have a tattoo or because your hair isn't straight and brown or whatever. Um, So it's like these automatic associations that people make. But yeah, I agree. I feel like the conversation around professionalism is shifting for sure, especially with the millennial and Gen Z generations as well. Um, But even then, it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm seeing a shift in the way that professionals dress, it's no longer like a suit and tie. Like, um, I want to say like Silicon Valley people who wear like a Patagonia vest and then like the slacks, like that's the new professionalism, but it's like meant to look laid back and not professional. But it's like, if you can't afford the Patagonia vest, you can't work at our company. It's like that type of thing. Um, I think Whitney, we're going to kind of talk about deconstructing professionalism in both the workplace and academic settings now but uh I, I'm like interested in seeing or hearing about what you think in terms of what shifts you've seen in the workplace or like just in general because our workplace is so laid back that we can have as many tattoos or wear whatever we want but I want to I'm interested in hearing what you've seen in terms of a shift in cultural ways of professionalism Yeah, so I can only speak on where I come from and what I've seen in like higher education settings, because that's what I want to go into. And I think it really just depends on who you talk to 
and where you are because I think being on the west coast is very more relaxing than being on the east coast um, in my experience because I have family who's on the east coast who also work in college settings and it's way more like suit and tie like um work environment your hair has to be a certain way like for men it has to be uh trimmed a certain way like facial hair is a big thing and like that's a really big thing on the east coast and I've met people um in Hawaii who were like coming from the east coast and came in the first couple days it was a professor that I had was wearing like a suit and tie and it's like 80 degrees and I just felt so bad but that's where he came from and then it really like is a mind shift um so I've seen that I think it really depends on where you're coming from and what professional space you're in um because Hawaii is very casual um and I think the west coast is pretty casual as well I think I had a class this past term and we had it was kind of like intro to student affairs and we were talking about professionalism and how in the chapter it was talking about all the standard things of what professionalism is and like dress code um all the things we were kind of talking about and I really like pushed back and like my classmates were agreeing with me and so I'm really hopeful that this the people who are going into student affairs and like teaching other people or like in contact or helping other soon-to-be professionals in any field um like I'm really hopeful that we are working towards creating like more fair equitable workplaces um and beginning to accept and appreciate diversity in employees and bringing that kind of culture into the workplace um, because it's really the experiences and knowledge of other people that make the workplace fun and like knowledgeable, I guess, because everyone's coming in with all these different backgrounds. Totally. Um, and so, yeah. And so one of the ways that we can really deconstruct professionalism in the workplace and academic is academic settings is by enhancing the DEI work in the workplace. And DEI is very like term, like popular term to use, but it is super important to be learning about as we continue on. Can you um, um, explain what DEI is? Yeah, of course. So diversity, equity, equity, and inclusion work um, and have the, those like lessons be taught in the workforce and also in school, in higher education, because I think we are very fortunate being in the what space that we have these trainings, but I don't know what other programs or other um, student workers are learning in their training. So I think we are very fortunate, but I think continuing to have this work across across the board. Um, and I, yeah, and I can't speak if other trainings do have it or not, um, but I think working towards that if they don't already have something like that. I did enjoy I, the trainings that we did this year because it was the first year that we kind of done them. Like we did a little bit of it on my first year, but this year we kind of dove deeper into it, um, which I appreciated. Anyways, that was just like a tangent, but yeah, continue. <laughs> no, that that's totally true. You have a good point because I feel like we all kind of come with an open, at least open-minded yeah, exactly. when we all come to the training. So yeah, we're super fortunate in that way. 
Um, and then another way we can work towards deconstructing this idea of professionalism is engaging in that active listening, because we are super fortunate that we're all coming to the table with similar mindsets. But maybe one day if we go into the professional world, we might come in contact with someone who has a totally different view on professionalism or this DEI work in general. Yeah. Um, and we have this like these tools like just yeah. even this conversation is like turning gears in my head that I can use later if I'm having a conversation with someone. Yeah. And so one of the ways that we can work towards it is by active listening, because as much as you want to get your point across to the other person, it's really hard to have that conversation without listening to them as well, as hard as that may be sometimes, um, depending on what they are communicating. It might be hard when you're hearing things that you disagree with, um, yeah. but that's definitely and one way we can work towards it. Yeah. And I, and I think also like in professional environments that are always almost always white dominated to be someone like a person of color who isn't fitting the quote like professional norm like I would never expect someone to in that space like stand up to their supervisor for that which it like creates such an uncomfortable and hard situation as well because there's a chance that they could just get fired on the spot. Like it's yeah. scary. It's because scary. Yeah. Like what, when you said there's a chance that they could get fired or there's definitely like a power imbalance and there's so many layers to it. So having um, like an individual conversation is so uh, hard. I mean, it is like doable I, and I would hope it would be doable for people, but it's like not something that we should expect. Like we shouldn't be expecting people who are actively being oppressed by a professional environment to be the ones who shift it in any way. Yes, I love that you said that. Um, and I think it's really important for people who um, have the ability to or may be white in these um, professional workplaces to create the space for people of color to feel comfortable actively speaking out their own experiences. Um, so really creating that space for people of color to share um, and then engage with others with their experiences as well is really important. Um, and then also another way is acknowledging that identity plays an important role in how uh, people enter into, navigate, and advance in the workplace. So kind of like you were saying, like someone of color, like that identity plays a role in whether they can really speak up because in advance in the workplace, because if they are scared of speaking up because they think they're going to get fired, that definitely plays a role in their advancing later on um, and how they feel about keeping their job. Yeah, totally. There's so many, so many layers to it and like so many nuances as well. Um, and I don't think either Whitney or I are saying like, if you're listening to this and you want us to take a stand, like it's easy. Like, <laughs> like I'm definitely it is not, not easy that. at it's all. It's not easy at all. And I feel very lucky to have this work environment that we have because we are able to be flexible in it. I don't know. I just, I think there's like so many like little rules that are just put on people that are just ridiculous. Um, and that is also kind of like a Gen Z mindset as well. And like a millennial mindset. It's definitely like an age thing, um, which I feel like could be like a whole other episode to talk about generational differences in the workplace. 
but that's totally off topic but yeah I just wanted to talk about that really quick no yeah for sure that could totally be an entire episode a long one I'm sure (laughs) um but the last thing I wanted to mention about how we can deconstruct professionalism in the workplace and academic settings is just examining and reimagining your own definition of professionalism like what does that look like to you and ask questions in the hiring process of like I just went through a hiring like interview and all of that and like asking those questions of what is the work environment really like and like what I did was like you google things like oh if you want to find out if the workplace is diverse um You can ask, like, you can find questions online, like, to figure that out. And, um, but trying to, like, reimagine what professionalism looks like to you and what you're comfortable with and what you want in the workplace um, is, can be really important. Totally. I agree. And kind of, like, setting that expectation, um, it's definitely worth talking about and I mean in settings like this it's worth talking about um and having conversations and listening and like learning because we're going to be professionals someday too and so we can start making that shift as well yeah yeah that's a great point and then hopefully one day when we are real professional (laughs) in quotation girls in the business then we could be high we were the ones doing the high yeah yeah, no, that me and Whitney are going to be doing on the hiring for Shaq someday. We're going to be like the top admin. <laughs> me, and, me and Whitney are going to rot in Shaq. <laughs> We're starting early in our 20s. <laughs> Anyways, um, I hope you all enjoyed listening and I hope you all learned something or this kind of prompted a conversation with your own self and thinking about how you have internalized professionalism and what you can do to combat it. Um And yeah, do you have any last words, Whitney? Yeah, this was the first episode of winter term and that's really exciting and it really was a deep one. Um, So yeah, I hope you guys think about what professionalism Mm -hmm. means to you and I really appreciate you listening to the first episode of winter term. Yeah, me and Whitney have so much fun ideas planned. Yesterday we were working on scripts and research and I was just, I was delighted by it all. I was just very excited to- dig my hands in and get started on these projects with you, Whitney. So I'm glad you're here and I'm glad I get to go through winter term and spring term with you hosting this podcast. Yes, I'm super excited. All right, see you next time. Bye, everybody.